The year is 1972. I'm Dave. I'm Zach. And this is My Marvelous Year. Intentionally put that little bit of uh, little, little bit of bass, bourbon little in bass. Your voice yeah, that. on the intro. Well, that's pretty good. It's yeah. just how I sound, Zach. <laughs> um, welcome to my marvelous year, a comic book reading club podcast where we are reading all the essential Marvel stories from its origins to today. I'm Zach, the comic book newbie, and alongside Dave, Ronan the Accuser's personal body slave, we're going to be reading the second half of 1972 today. You know. I don't totally know what that means. I mean, it's it's just what Rick Jones got called. In the, oh, it's what he tries to make Rick. And um, okay, <laughs> yeah, there's uh, something like weirdly gross it. about not just like that. Rick Jones isn't just his slave; he's his body slave. Sounds super sensual. <laughs> um, anything that hurts Rick Jones, I'm a fan of. Wow, God, I, Rick that, Jones, somehow that made it more sensual. And I'm Rick I'm, Jones this is getting really, off to a wild start. Oh, I have plans for this episode. Uh, Rick Jones gets really dunked on in this issue or this episode, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, this I knew that you were going to be into this one. So we are on <laughs> 72 part two, of course. You can always go back and listen to 1972 part one as we are making our way through the My Marvelous Year Reading Club. And 72 part two, we have about four nice chunks of story here. We got some Avengers, some Defenders. Some Marvel Spotlight starring Werewolf by Night and Ghost Rider. And then uh, a little Amazing Spider-Man. To close this off, I would say, all in all, some pretty interesting developments here in the Marvel Universe. And I think we talked about this in 72 Part 1, but 72 is a real uh, a real changing of the guard kind of year. Yeah. I think this is yeah, where this... we are. We're making our way into Bronze Age, you know, kind of official territory. Like, the eras are shifting. Marvel's shifting. Uh, it's, a, it's a fun time to be reading Marvel Comics. Yeah. 72 feels like the big the big adjustment year. Although, I, I think 71 or 72 Part 1 was uh was a lot more i don't know i liked a lot more here in uh in that first part the second part were a, a bit there were some more misses for me but, so let's um, uh let's yeah. start here then with the first stories we read well, were avengers 102 with, uh, well let's do a patreon plug first and we're not gonna talk about that first because we got a plug well no, <laughs> i'm not gonna phase into it like that Luck yeah. time. Um, before we uh, before we launch in, I just want to say thank you to all our wonderful patrons at patreon.com. If you want to support the show, you can head on over there. We've got lots of nice bonuses for people, uh, bonus pods, access to the Slack, polls, etc. Um, so come check us out. Every every dollar helps, and we really appreciate it. We're uh, edging up on that five hundred dollar goal, and uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited to start the ultimate ultimate universe of yeah comics. the ultimate universe reading club we are getting close to kicking that one off i think that'll be exciting for a lot of oh, here, modern readers here's um, something okay do you have an idea for the name of that yet uh i what, kind what of thought we'd call it called? my ultimate year but what were oh, you what I were you have, thinking i don't know i don't know i was thinking that too but like do we want to stick with that that you know that name? concise branding <laughs> yeah i think we do <laughs> <laughs> i mean I, I guess it makes sense but you know like because otherwise, every... you got to come up with alliteration for every new thing we do. 
And it gets, yeah. here's the thing, all right? With DC, it's nearly impossible. I've tried. Trust me. How about me. your ultimate year, but you are? You, you, why? Your ultimate year? Your ultimate year. Is it also your, though? What? Your like, ultimate year? Yeah, like your, like mine and yours. Uh-huh. But we just spell it you are, so we get that, you know, you, you, alliteration. Fans, write into us at mymarvelousyear at gmail.com and tell us who's right. Is Dave's concise branding a better idea? (laughs) Or is Zach's weird misspelling like a common millennial preferred? It is a very millennial spelling. Uh, You know, I was thinking, uh, you know, if people have good name ideas, send them in and we'll steal them. Yeah, I guess if you have uh, synonyms for year or like eras or like periods of time that start with you, those would be great. Um, and also like any, we're not doing it right now and maybe it'll be a future goal, but if you got a good DC club name, okay. Cause like the only one I had was like my DC decade, but that doesn't work. That doesn't make sense for what we're doing. You know? Yeah. Um, door dicey year. No, that's nothing. Yeah. So we're going to be really leaning on you guys <laughs> <laughs> to help us out here. Cause, yeah. uh, cause clearly we don't have it. Um, the other thing I was going to say is <clears throat> the other way you can support my marvelous year is uh, rate and review on iTunes or whatever it's oh, called yes, now. Oh, yes, please. Apple, yeah, what is Apple it called Podcast. now? Apple yeah. Podcasts? Um, yeah, that, you know, that'll go a long other, way to help. Someone asked me the other day, like, does it have to be iTunes? Because I don't use Apple products. Uh, and I was like, you know, I really need to look this up. Like, do ratings matter anywhere else? And the answer is no. In the podcast world, there's literally no other place that you can leave. Well, what about Google Play? No, uh-uh, you don't review stuff on there. Like, Wild. Yeah, I looked at, like, I found our podcast on Google Play and you... There's no, like, reviews there. You yeah. Can review stuff there. Yeah. So, I mean, there's other ways you can, you know, you don't have to go on iTunes. Just sharing the word on forums. I've seen people, you know, spreading the word of the show when they see it applicable on Reddit or different forums or whatever. That's helpful. Um, so, but, uh, yeah, iTunes is the only, like, formal place to review podcasts that matters. Yeah. It's a monopoly. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, let's let's. So, can I, can I ask my question now? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You had an Avengers setup question. Avengers 102 to 104. Yeah. It's the Avengers versus the Sentinels. Did you like these comics? I, I did. I did. You did? I did. Because I kind of do too. They're pretty good. Yeah. So we're coming off the Kree Scroll War. We just read a ton of Avengers. And honestly, I was, I was kind of worried. I'm like, oh, we're doing three more Avengers. Zach's going to be so mad at me for doing this three Avengers yeah, thing. Yeah, I was. We just did the whole Kree Scroll War. And, was, yeah. and here's the thing. They're pretty good. You know, I, I've been reading a lot of Avengers for, I'm writing 1970, 1970s extra issues. And because I'm a masochist. I put like six different Avengers issues yeah. in that newsletter. And it's it's so strange because like it's the most hit or miss comic we read because some of those are very good issues mm-hmm. and some of them are absolute like dog crap. Yeah. <laughs> like some of them are just so bad and uh but some are great. It, yeah, it's just such it's such a hot and cold series. Um but yeah, no, this was especially one oh two i think i think i like 102 more than 103 and 104 but like yeah 102 has got a lot going good. on so our our major players and and i think one of the things that helps here is it it feels like a real avengers lineup in this issue we've got yeah. iron man cap thor hawkeye quicksilver wanda and the vision um you know Wanda, scarlet witch so like it feels like a pretty fully fleshed out we might see this lineup in the you know in the mcu type lineup um and it you know feels like a real avengers team we get the return here to the grim reaper and guess what? Even the Grim Reaper's color coordination has improved. Oh, yeah. Black and purple? Yeah. That, I mean, spot on. Don't do a weird, like, every color imaginable. rainbow cookie. I, I feel like he looked at an Italian rainbow cookie and was like, that's it. That's yeah. my costume. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of 
yeah i i, I am the personification of death and uh, i'm just gonna mix a little leprechaun in there yeah so strong improvement on old gr's costume uh the grim reaper's plan here basically is he's trying to lure the vision to him to convince him essentially that they are brothers because vision's brain patterns are famously based on simon williams aka wonder man's simon williams is actually the grim reaper's brother at yeah era yeah. two <laughs> is the latin phrase for therefore grim reaper and vision are brothers i the the uh i, I gotta admit something here Do you remember that time that i like schooled you so hard like dunked on you so hard about on, uh, not knowing on power man versus power? versus wonder man yeah 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 that's when right. i read this just, full admission when i read this comic I was like, which one's Wonder Man again? <laughs> what was this guy? Is he the good guy or the bad guy? I don't remember these guys anymore. So I've already forgotten. Like, the difference between these guys is non-existent to me. Well, that's so. good to know because the poster's already up on everybody's wall of you just dunking in my face, Power Man Got style. It. I do, do you think Stan and Jack ever could have imagined how much mileage Roy Thomas would get out of Avengers number nine and Wonder Man? Because he's oh, referencing yeah. this issue all the time. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's like... Eight like his later. Ultron saga is heavily yeah. vested in this. It's weird. I read those issues too. They're not that good. Like it's just like I left him out of the club. <laughs> yeah, he's a man who's <laughs> mad at Tony Stark. Uh, Baron Zemo makes him strong, and yeah. then he dies. Yeah, like in the course of an issue. It's not that interesting. I you could make a strong. We we talked a little bit ago about one of the Patreon benefits. Now is you can add an issue to the MMY Club in perpetuity. And yeah. I think if somebody came in with Avengers number nine, I wouldn't even second guess it for a second i'd be like i mean it's, uh, it's yeah. not bad it just doesn't feel oh it's fine i don't think it's a great comic but it is like it is referenced i mean often. i i put in extra issues because i knew that simon williams was going to be a thing you know and i'm kind of trying to check those boxes of anyone who becomes important but like i don't know i think important yeah. is a stretch Import, important later i mean he becomes a thing for a while right simon he's williams? he's definitely a character and he's gonna yeah. be around calling yeah. wonder man important yeah okay i don't buy it um, uh, here's, I think here's a detail I liked from this is that the vision uh, Reaper lures the vision into a meat locker for whatever reason to it's like villain hideout, yeah, yeah, to confront him <laughs> about this, and then he says, uh, like he he reveals the body of Simon Williams Wonder Man in a tank, but it's behind a wall, <laughs> and he just turns on a torch and says, "Haha, look at him behind my fast melting walls," <laughs> like. Man, I you're a you're a homeowner, so you already know this. But fast melt, fast melting walls, really bad investment. You got to check I, on those. I learned that lesson inspection. the hard way. Yeah, yeah. No, you, I mean, you the, you're going to save sure you're a little. Checking. You're going to save a little money, but like, it's going to come and bite you in the the ass eventually. Oh, absolutely. Just, yeah, just one hot unless day, unless it's in the kitchen, and a lot of times these homes were built with slow melting walls. You know, when they were built in like the, the 60s. And actually what you want is you want to catch it right as the wall melts away completely. Now you got a nice open kitchen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's in the style now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, a home that adjusts to the style of the day. Yeah. That's a good investment. Damn. Investments. Uh, okay, so the, the the Reaper Wonder Man thing doesn't come up again in these issues. But it's I guess it's interesting to know to note in these. I mean, it comes up in that Vision is like questioning his humanity. But I don't think plot-wise it pops up again. Yeah, in it these puts three it puts some um, pressure on the Vision to like you know, hey, do I should I actually team with the Grim Reaper? Are the Avengers actually on my side? Kind of thing. Again, we've talked about this before. The Vision gets the most internal, nuanced like thought of any Avenger in any of the Roy Thomas 
era issues. Like he's he is clearly the most interesting character to good old RT. And um I I I like his kind of struggles as well. I think they're interesting. Like they're more interesting than than the rest of the Avengers, with the exception of like Quicksilver and Wanda, who I think could be more interesting because they have the whole we're also mutants thing going on as we try to be Avengers. Yeah. Um but what is up in this issue is my appraisal of Hawkeye's new costume. What did you oh, think? I, honestly, I didn't. I didn't even notice. You what? No, you you didn't read the <laughs> so, issue I mean, I if you didn't notice. On him, like... I don't have a lot to say other than all I wrote was OMG Clint. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I actually want to read like what Haw- Hawkeye. Oh no! Nowhere comes up to the Scarlet Witch. Like there, there. It's an astonishing focus of of douchebaggery. I um, we haven't seen this before from Hawkeye. I don't even yes, know we have seen like a focus. No, I mean we haven't seen him like that. He's got the hots for Scarlet Witch like this. So I mean maybe it's come up in issues we haven't read. Yeah, but it's <laughs> he approaches her and says, "Is that any way to greet the future father of your little witch brood?" Good like, start. Good start. Oh, God, like I'm I'm gonna be the father to your children. Ooh. And then he says, "But call him witch brood too." Yeah, that right. Your your brood. Yeah. He says something about, like, women's lib. No more of that lady's first bull. Here I come for a kiss. And then Scarlet Witch doesn't kiss him back. And he's like, what? (laughs) He's he's shocked. But the reason is that, like, she's in love with Vision, not because he just came in and was just like, let's have a brood together. (sighs) Which is, I mean, as pickup lines go, it's Clint's finest work. I mean, it's very on brand for him. It's it's awful. And at the very least, the comic is kind of acknowledging that he's being a jerk. Like, you get the point of view that the comic, Roy Thomas as the, like, um, omnipresent vision, her voice here. Right. Like, is acknowledging that Hawkeye is being gross. Um, this So Scarlet Witch also loves the vision, which is something I've never really wrapped my head around. Um, okay. Like, I don't, I don't understand it. I don't really get the motivation. Like, he's not, I don't know, he doesn't have a personality. Like, well, he, he kind of does. He kind of does. I mean, I mean, he cares. Like a, a little Even bit. Even an Android like, cries, heck. Yeah. Okay, but here's something that got me thinking. What's it like to make love? Oh, really? you too. Yeah. You too. Oh, is, is this a thing? Oh, come on. It's been the thing. It's been a thing since the thing. I didn't. I didn't and Alicia. Think. Wait, what do you mean? Is he rocky everywhere? Ah. Uh, come on. That's a, that's a good question. Let's what is this, Smodcast? Get out of here, Kevin Smith. Oh no, this is uh, this is my podcast within a podcast. Marvel relationship advice. It's uh, it's called Love Them or Stan Leave Them. Oh. <laughs> it's my relationship podcast. Good grief! And, All right, uh, spin it off. I want nothing I mean, to do okay. with this. So here's the here's the thing. Is is this actually a conversation people have about the Vision specifically? I mean, sure. I mean, yeah. Th- so there is a there is a genuine thread in Marvel history here of like <laughs> of there. I I don't want to spoil anything. But what's going to happen in the relationship is going to lead to questions, absolutely. Like, Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, because Mike, the, the thing is, I feel like Vision's powers are wasted on someone who's so, like, stoic. Because mostly the Vision's powers would be really good for sex pranks. You know? Sex pranks? Sex pranks. This is not where you know? I saw this podcast going in the gate. Please explain. Yeah, so, like, just on the bed. You just, you just fade out. <laughs> oh, no. On the bed, partner on top, and then all of a sudden... Bam, you're gone, and you just hear a thump and some giggling from underneath the bed. <laughs> that's, that's where I'm and it's just, that, That's mostly where I'm thinking is that you just disappear at the most inopportune times. I and, mean, uh, if the Vision was a prankster, he, if, which he is firmly not, 
Yeah. I think we can say. Uh, I, I want more vision going in for a hug and then people just falling through him. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think, do you have like, because honestly, like all the Android characters, if you think about like DC or Marvel, they're mm-hmm. never like funny, you know? They never really have, until you get the, later. Um, there's that There's that whole group of, uh, they're like elements, right? In the Metal DC? Men. Oh, yeah, yeah you're right. Metal Men. I don't know if they're androids, but. They're much quirkier now for sure. Goofball. Yeah. I don't know if they started that way. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Um, I guess Cliff from from Doom Patrol is kind of a robot man, but that's no okay. different. If you don't want to talk about this, at least just answer the question, which superpowers are most useful in the bedroom? Uh, most useful. I mean, the obvious one is like Reed Richards, mm. right? Yeah, sure. There's, yeah, a, yeah. there's a decent joke uh, about that in uh, Frontline, Civil War Frontline. Yeah, okay. Um, I was... I, uh, I, like nothing about this direction you've taken us <laughs> okay i'll just leave us with toad oh <laughs> toad. he's got he's got strong legs hey do you mortimer do yeah. you um okay yeah you know what's actually kind of funny is i was planning on going this direction since i read this thing about the video <laughs> since, but... since i was a boy <laughs> <laughs> but uh literally this morning somebody left a review for us and mentioned like yeah, i listen to it every week with my daughter and like their Facebook picture, just like, yeah, she's ten years old. I'm like, ah, damn it, I can't, I can't get as blue as I wanted to now. Like that just reminded me, I, I got to keep this uh, at least PG-13. Well, I'd like you, whoever you are, to know that Zach has offended us both today. <laughs> I, we, uh, we need to get into other. I'm, I'm. Uh, let's take the. Uh, we're gonna take the family friendly tag off of our next podcast projects. Okay, so I can't be held back like this. Yeah, no, you've been so restricted. Yeah, the uh, genuinely though, if we do that um, like comic book other genre thing, we hit the big goal way in the future. Uh huh. I think we should not try to be family friendly, especially because we're gonna not be reading family friendly comics anymore. I would like to do very family friendly podcasts about extremely about, about the boys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> extremely lewd material. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. So yes. after Viz. Planned out his next sex prank. He saw Clint smooching Wanda. And of course, times this perfectly where he sees it, gets bothered by it. And then Wanda says, Clint, you're kind of gross. Also, I love Vision. Um, I I think Clint Barton here sucks, super sucks. And it's kind of weird to think about like, I really like Hawkeye, you know? Like, I like this character. I I wonder when that's going to change. What's that? You mean you like him now or you like the character? I've always kind of liked Hawkeye. Um, oh, okay. As a as not, a character, but like when you go back and read, I I don't know. I guess it's it's an interesting thing to see someone like he has developed a lot as a man, <laughs> like like he has developed a lot as a person and a character over the course of many many issues, and I think we are going to see that. So if you're reading this like this is out of character, actually it's very much of a of a line with his trend, which is starting as a petty villain, you know, and now kind of being this like angry odd man out now he's kind of like yeah he's like sexually harassing yeah, from, wanda from the workplace villain to angry misogynist to <laughs> yeah yeah it's like he's to... de- he's deeply flawed i guess is the thing and he works to improve <laughs> you know and we will yeah, see I think, that i think you're giving it a lot of credit but yeah i given what a lot of credit like the fact that like i think he's generally played as a punchline you know like it's that that's their way of like poking fun at women's lib stuff like we we've t- talked about this before and that Valkyrie issue like he's as a mouthpiece kind of here. Well, yeah, it's also yeah, like I mean, he's he's the character that Roy Thomas has no idea what to do with 
as well. Yeah, sure. Because li- like literally, they can't settle on a costume for him. They yeah, changed I mean, him out of his Hawkeye. Give him a bow and arrow set. Like, exactly. Like they've taken him away from being Hawkeye for the longest time. Um, and also, like if you look at okay, who's going to be the mouthpiece for this obnoxious like women's lib condescension? It's not going to be Captain America. It's not yeah, gonna be but Thor. he's not. He's Could not be Tony like, Stark. But it's not. Like, if it, you know when JJJ does this, you get it because he's this big blowhard, right? And Hawkeye is just kind of like Captain America in personality, but with this little side of uh, you know tis tisking women wanting. Equal rights. <laughs> well, I don't think he's like Cap at all. I, I mean, they're, I don't know. I think their characters are like pretty, you know, they're just kind of generally like egotistical dudes. Hawkeye is the guy at a beach catcalling women walking by. And Cap is the guy picking up other people's garbage and throwing it out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think I'm, I'm being a little, I don't know, a, a little judgmental. But so anyway, yeah, so let's move this we, along because we're, yeah, we've had a lot we of We haven't even here. hit the main plot yet. Yeah, and we're on the first issue. So the, the main plot here, and, and this is an issue by Roy Thomas, Rich Buckler on art. Um, Roy reaches back to his 69 X-Men days as Vision reaches back to his next 69 Frank. <laughs> and we are 11, 11 pages into the comic and we get the title page. Yes. Very good. And, uh, and it's like up on some satellite, right? That's observing the sun. And what comes pouring out of the sun but the intellectual dark web? They're back. Oh, yeah. Logic, logic couldn't keep them there. You, c- you couldn't fight them with facts and logic anymore. They figured it out. Here come the Sentinels, uh, baby. <laughs> yeah, the Sentinels are coming back after being... I, yeah, I talked about it on the show. Yeah, yeah. the Sentinels um, come yeah. pouring out of the sun, which is where they were last seen. It's very funny. I it mean, is it's funny. It's pretty cool. That shot is pretty awesome of them all flying out of the sun i really like rich buckler and we're going to start seeing a, a bit more of his work throughout yeah. the 70s um but he does a nice job with his avengers issue and basically the way this issue ends is wanda leaves the avengers mansion in the most sultry outfit we have ever seen the scarlet witch where there is like this yeah she's just like dressed up and saying like it's the middle of the night i'm gonna go sit in central park and all the boys are like I, you really shouldn't and she's like, I can take care of myself, which is a good point. But also, I don't know what she's doing. <laughs> Megan, some Megan, some point, someone she wants to go out, she can go out. And uh, yeah. she pretty much immediately gets captured by Sentinels. <laughs> yeah, by, so, by a Sentinel. And all the plan did there. not work out, but she got dressed up and you know, she looks nice. Yeah, we're, we're starting to get into that era of like just a little bit more, a little more skin. Oh, overall. substantially more. I, I think it's more. Annoying. Yeah, it's it's not like pushing, pushing it too far. Yet it hasn't made me uncomfortable or like roll my eyes yet. But there is, you know, I think there's a shot of like her changing from behind. We get the, you know, the 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 light through the curtains across her bare back. Something like we just wouldn't have seen five years ago. Yeah, there's more intentionally titillating yeah. art, I guess, at yeah. this point, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is not really something they were doing throughout the 60s. So we can talk about, yeah, 103 and 104. We can kind of clump together, I think, because they're, they're about the same thing, which is that the Sentinels are here. Yeah. Blow up the sun. Yeah. Because they would much rather blow up the sun than be forced to use people's preferred pronouns. Uh, is that what it was? It was a, it was no, a pronoun based problem. No, that was a that was an intellectual dark web joke. Again, I'm still on that. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not on the same page. Okay. Yeah, okay. Good one. Uh, um, no, they, the, they want to blow up the sun. And that this is actually kind of a cool mystery is that like they, they pick up this idea or this pick up this uh energy reading that like the sentinels have this base in australia and they're sending energy at the sun that's going to cause a solar flare and destroy life on earth and this whole thing is like there's this fun mystery of like why are the sentinels going to destroy the earth like they're anti-mutant but they're not they're 
they vowed not to harm humans. Like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> this here comes my favorite moment in 103, where the Avengers are all getting ready to go, and Rick Jones is like, first in, is like, what? What are you guys doing? You almost forgot to take me, Rick Jones. <laughs> I saved the universe. Yep. And I love Captain America. It's just like, oh, um, Rick Jones, you uh, you had the power of the supreme intelligence when you did that. You're not fooling anyone. And uh, I think someone says something about how like he uh, if he goes out in the field, just like he's powerless enough. Any any bad guy's just gonna spank him if he. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Did someone say that someone's going to spank Rick Jones, or did I imagine that? I have that written in my notes, but I can't remember if that's a quote or if that's my weird wish fulfillment. No, I'm pretty confident that is all in your head. But I okay. they do firmly put Rick back in his place, uh, which is to say, <laughs> like, yeah, those powers you accumulated were extremely temporary. <laughs> and yep. You are now really, really not going to be able to help us. Uh, one interesting thing we do get during this issue is Quicksilver really goes off on a separate oh, yeah. track. Yeah, yeah. And he two things happen. One, he deflects and and is faced with like really casual mutant racism, which mm. we don't it's see super a lot casual. of. Casual, yeah, yeah. Like it's just it, it's the way you expect it racist folks to behave in the Marvel universe um, towards mutants like later when they start throwing muti around angrily. But Quicksilver's yeah. getting it here in seventy two. Which, again, th- I think makes him – it makes his and Wanda role really interesting to me in this era of Avengers because they're still, like, mutant-human relations are not good. And the Avengers don't really do a lot historically to help with that, even though they have mutants on their team, I think. Yeah, I mean, he runs by a car on the highway, but which doesn't do anything. It doesn't hurt the car or the people in it, but the guy yells at him, you know, something like, damn, mutie. He just something sees like him that. and yells at him. Yeah. Which is kind of wild, because this is, like, one of the most famous heroes in the world, you know? No, he's, he even acknowledges, like, that's one of those mutant Avengers. Yeah, right, totally. Yeah. The other thing he does is he tracks down Bolivar Trask, who is the the master of the Sentinels. Of course, if you are if you are of Trask lineage, you have some connection to Sentinels. And as it's going to turn out here in the big old <clears throat> twist, uh, Bolivar, he's a, actually a mutant. He's a self hating mutant Larry Task, who can Trask. see the future. Is this not Bolivar? This is Larry, Bolivar's son, because Bolivar got killed by, like, Master Mold back when. Larry, Bolivar's son. Okay. Yeah, this is Larry who has an amulet on his chest that Bolivar told him, like, never take this off, my son, Mm -hmm. because it will protect you from the mutants or something like that. And what it's really doing is uh, quenching his mutant powers so that he doesn't, and also all of his memories of being a mutant. It's a a really uh, catch-all purpose amulet. Yeah. Yeah. Which are really useful, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, the event, the Sentinels, they basically, they have some really advanced plotting here, I think, like you said. So mm-hmm. they, they want to eradicate oh, it's, mutants. It's but, so funny, this this plan. Yeah, when everyone calls them on like, well, if you destroy the sun, you'll also kill humans. They're like, actually, we thought about that. <laughs> and what we're going to do is we're just going to sterilize them. And, you know, with the uniform heat across the earth. You know, yeah. that, that kind of heat that just sterilizes but doesn't kill people. It's the good person. old sterilization hot wave. And then what they're going to do is they're going to clone and manufacture their own version of the next wave of humans. So there can't possibly be any mutants born. Yep. Which oh, it's, it's so is very it sentinel is... thinking, I think. Like this is what they're designed to do. You know what? I actually think this is a very cool plot line. Yeah. I just think the dumb, dumb dum dum thing about it is that it has to do with like we're gonna 
raise the temperature to 108 for 42 minutes and it will sterilize every human instead of just like something else, you know, releasing a virus that sterilizes something that like feels less goofball. Yeah. That idea of just like, we're going to melt everybody's sperm or ovaries or whatever. I was surprised when the lead sentinel says, we're going to melt some sperm today. (laughs) Um, Can I? (laughs) That line of dialogue was not expected. I I won't leave this in because this is a little too blue for the podcast. Oh boy. Did you notice there's a head sentinel number here, sentinel number two. uh, And he looks like he just got covered in that sticky white stuff. (laughs) The sentinel (laughs) does? Go look at that page. He's melting. But the way yeah. that they draw it, simultaneously while he's talking about sterilization, yeah. he is just dripping with <laughs> Maybe we should check who's on that base, because I don't know what was going on there. It's very it's very funny, because I think they, they just want to make him... Yeah. Uh, so the, the Sentinel... Um, I absolutely have to cut that. I will cut that out. <laughs> um, the Sentinel, the Sentinel who's in charge of all this, Sentinel number two, he's like the mastermind behind all this. Uh-huh. He is... Uh, you can see something's wrong with him. He's all melty, and... He's like the one who's powered up enough to do this. And the way that they defeat him, I think, is also very funny. In the beginning of what I think is going to be a long line of very goofy writing, like, plot points in X-Men comic, which is that this Sentinel, because he spends too much time too close to the sun, he's a mutant himself. Yes. And, uh, and so the other Sentinels realize this, and they kill him, and they stop his plan, which I like... This is another one of those comics that just would have um, resolved itself, even if nobody, none of the heroes showed up. It, like, I don't think any of the heroes are the ones who pointed it out to the other Sentinels. Like, no one made them aware of this. The Sentinels just figured it out and stopped him in time. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that idea, I think X-Men comics do that a lot, where, like, they just like to slap the term mutant onto other things. Like, yeah, it's very, it's, it's a little cheap. I, I, I read, know, it doesn't I, feel like a smart twist. I guess, but maybe it's just because we see it get used a lot. I thought it was fine, I guess, but like I, I, I think that idea. We're, I'm probably gonna roll my eyes harder and harder as time goes on about that. I, I just did that like Marvel shuffle thing, of Marvel Unlimited, and read some issue of like Joss Whedon's X Men from 2004 or okay. something. Okay. Yeah. And that issue was focused around like the Danger Room has mutated and turned into its a its own mutant. Yeah. The number of things that are going to accidentally turn into a mutant in x-men comics is is gonna you know grade on me eventually for sure for sure so because the sentinels evolved into a mutant he's obviously having a crisis of conscience um boulevard son larry trask he dies helping the sentinels dies helping stop the sentinels i should say and uh that's pretty much how trasks always meet their end <laughs> yeah a, sen- a sentinel falls on him and yeah. he dies kind of unceremoniously i don't even know if he did anything to help like, they, they said that he died helping, and I went back to read because I was like, wait, did I miss him do something? And uh, <laughs> I don't know what he did. This, uh, I don't know, it's like, for an Avengers comic, it's a pretty decent X-Men story. Yeah, 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 it's kind of interesting seeing the Avengers versus the Sentinels without the X-Men. But again, the X-Men, besides Beast, is, uh, they're kind of out of the picture right now. Yep, totally. Uh, and now, this is uh, this is one of those things I gotta ask, why'd you do it, Dave? On Marvel Spotlight 2, 3, and 4, Ooh. Why, why did we read three werewolf comics? So I added these. Um, mm-hmm. Let me see if I can find them. Yeah, I added these because Werewolf by Night mm-hmm. is a new character introduction yep. in the Marvel Universe. And of course, yep. as the horror wave begins. And honestly, I thought it'd be pretty interesting to see the beginnings I- of the Werewolf by Night, plus issues 3 and 4. Uh, they tease 
and and kind of introduce this concept that has a weirdly long shelf life, which is the Darkhold, which is basically the what is it, the Necronomicon of the Marvel Universe? It's this book of dark spells, and that oh, book okay. is like I didn't know that that's like a thing. Shockingly relevant. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. All right. Well, I guess if it has, I didn't know that. So, like, I read two. Okay. So just just to set it up. This is kind of the uh, the werewolf version of Tomb of Dracula, right? It's yeah. about this guy named Jack Russell, which is bad, bad, bad name. Um, and I don't know. I was pretty, uh, I was pretty ambivalent about these. Like, I didn't hate them, but I didn't like them either. I didn't enjoy reading them. Like, I thought the art was okay, but then the like, this is one of those weird things where I think the art is okay, but the actual design is pretty boring. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, the design of the werewolf was pretty uninspired. The the actual like character designs were pretty dull even if like it looked okay yeah i definitely mm-hmm. like tomb of dracula more i think it's yeah. a more uh a more like put well put together horror comic so marvel mm-hmm. spotlight these issues are by jerry conway mike plug and john costa um conceived and plotted by roy and genie thomas yeah i saw noted that, that yeah. note yeah, which yeah. is kind of interesting but i mean basically it's like you got jack russell he's a teenager by day werewolf by night you got the dark wolf Dark Hole book kind of in there. So there's this book of spells that other people are after. And uh, the it's kind of like it's a little bit of neo-noir vibes as because Jack's in L.A. So you get a little different setting and, and sort of his yeah. internal dealings with, with yeah. all these people that are after him and his family drama. And long story short, I don't love these either. Um, they're okay. I think Werewolf by Night isn't like he's relevant in the 70s and that's about it. <laughs> it's kind of just like Hulk again, though, right? Like, except that he seems even less in control when he turns into a werewolf. So, like, I I didn't get any interesting character dynamic except, like, oh, no, what I do as a wolf again? Like, yeah, that's kind of the thing was just, like, I turn into a wolf again. And, you know, like, that that's it. You know, it's like there's not much you can do with that in a, a long-term story where mm-hmm. it's just, like, I lose control sometimes. Okay, I don't know. It's not that relatable. I can't like latch onto that character. Yeah, you he's know, only he got like he's got like a little bit of his mind still in there as a werewolf. Yeah, I think. Yeah, but, but generally, it's just like kind of mindless werewolf rage. Um, mm-hmm. It's I I don't know. There's some like the the fourth issue or the third issue of this Marvel Spotlight number four. This is called Island of the Damned, and there's some like I think there's some pretty genuinely creepy like human experimentation in this world. You yeah, know, it's what, like what they, that the horror name? parts aren't bad i don't think yeah yeah i don't know for whatever reason it just didn't land for me the way too much dracula did i think just like mostly because there was no character to latch on to like yeah jack, jack russell didn't do anything for me and yeah so i'm not a big jack russell guy happening. i'd be interested to hear from people who do like this this character a lot more i think otherwise for us it's like this is an introduction we're gonna see him again in some crossovers with too dracula and mm-hmm. uh, also this is like he will get his own series called werewolf by night and that's going to be the series that Moon Knight debuts in, actually. I was planning in, uh, on... Okay, I was planning on covering that, like, the intro of Werewolf by Night in uh, Extra Issues, but this made, <laughs> this made me reconsider that. Um, yeah, I, it, I mean, Tomb of Dracula, I read some issue of, like, Tomb of Dracula 52 or something like that way in the future, and it was still like, wow, oh, this is still pretty good. Like, you're building up this big lore and cast of characters. And, like, I mean, I think Dracula is inherently a more interesting character than a werewolf. Than, yeah, for sure. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, there's a big mythology. He is an actual villain with a mind, and not. I mean, what's the best like... werewolf story? Teen Wolf. I mean, I don't like this book or this series, but the um, the Jim Butcher um, Dresden Files series that uh, like okay. urban fantasy thing. I yeah. think the second the second book is about werewolves, 
And that's pretty cool that, like, the werewolf stuff in that book is pretty good. Okay. Because uh, he brings in, like, four different types of werewolf. Oh, okay. Kind of what gets into that is, like, there's the people who transform at yeah. night and they lose all control. There's the people who are, like, half wolf and they're in control of it. There's the, like, people who just kind of have a little bit of, you know, wolf power to them. You know, they, he kind of differentiates all these different types of werewolf and plays in that space. And that's kind of fun. I think my rankings for werewolf material that I'm familiar with, yeah, number one. Give, give it to me. Yeah. The Witcher 3. Oh, man, I got to play that game. Number two, What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah, okay, sure. Number three, Teen Wolf. But only the basketball parts. <laughs> okay. I mean, What We Do in the Shadows is just good because it makes fun of like how lame they are. Yeah, 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 yeah. more or less. If you're a big werewolf could... fan, write to us at mymarvelousshoe.gmail.com. Tell us what you think. Are you, uh, you watching that show, What We Do in the Shadows? No, but I'd like to be. Yeah, I've, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm excited to. Yeah. Um, yeah, so moving on. I also, the other reason I was kind of mad at you for putting in three werewolf issues and uh, in only, and uh, it, but not Marvel Spotlight number six, which is where uh, Star-Lord gets introduced. Yeah. So that that was like the confusing, like, why did we read, do you, do, you, uh, do you have a reason why you skipped that one? I've got a Star-Lord thing coming up. Okay. I was thinking I about feel like covers it for issues, but like, if it's not. Not worth it if it's coming up soon. Well, yeah, I mean, hey, other people can, can make up their yeah, minds on what's worth I'll it, it, but, but I've got so another Star Wars thing we're going to read. Next, we did Marvel Spotlight number five, which is another Plug joint. Um, I like saying that man's name. Mike Plug. Uh, Plug. And, oh, yeah, this. this and Gary Friedrich, we should point out the uh, the creator here. Yeah, it's a Plug. It's not a classic. Plug, but Plug. it's created by Gary Friedrich. Okay. Uh, there's a, this, this shows how bad Marvel Unlimited is sometimes in their accreditation of like artists and stuff. Okay. Marvel Unlimited says that Steve Ditko inked this episode, this, this issue. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> yeah. And they got me going for a second, but that, I know, not me too. To I like, true. I jumped to the credits to be like, what he's back. And then, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. So this is, this is Ghost Rider. Um, and this is, you guys know Ghost Rider, right? Yeah, this is okay. I didn't mind this. I, I liked it okay. It doesn't live up to, you know, like we talked about this. It doesn't live up to how cool this character feels like he should be. And it is better than when Ghost Rider gets his own solo series. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, you kind of you kind of rode my rails on Luke Cage number one. You know, yeah. you really got him a case about how down I was Your cage. on Luke Cage yeah. number one. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just as down on Marvel Spotlight number five because it's the origin story, and I already know the origin story, and reading it again is so boring. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, I, I didn't know. I mean, I knew his origin from the Nick Cage movie, I think. Yeah. So I had the rough idea, but, like, it's it's so bonkers that it was kind of fun. Like, in I think that they way, do because... a decent job here. with the, Like, yeah. I like that it opens after the fact, or it opens, like, with, a, you know, six or seven pages of... Ghost Rider's on his bike. He's in Ghost Rider form. He fights a motorcycle gang because, of course, and then and then we get the explanation for well, how you know he got what? there. This, that's something I wanted to bring up. This I had the same thought with this issue, which is like we are in the era of starting comics in media res. This is happening all the time now, where mm-hmm. we start in the midst of something and then we get the flashback to how we got there. That's happening a lot now. That's I wonder like if that's. There. I feel like Roy Thomas does that a lot with his Avengers yeah. issues. Like, like yeah, maybe he brought that in. Yeah, and he's the you know the editor in chief at this point and editing so many of the books. I yeah. wonder if that's like something that he was bigger on, like throw yeah, that, in the action was... then explain because that's definitely something stylistically I think of with him. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean it's, it's not a bad idea. I don't know. I like I don't fall for it much anymore because most of the time they don't set up like 
a mystery where I'm like, wow, how did they get to this point? It's not, you know, it's not Breaking Bad. Yeah. I guess it's fine. It's harmless. Um, Do you want to explain how uh, how Johnny Blaze gets where he's going? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Johnny Blaze, uh, his dad is Which, a motorcycle. Which, great name. Oh, yeah, it's a great, yeah, it's perfect. Um, his dad is a, like, motorcycle stunt guy or a, like, stunt show guy. Uh, and he dies in a motorcycle accident. And so Johnny Blaze, as a child, gets taken in by this stunt show, which is being led by another amazing name, Crash Simpson. Oh, yeah. That guy's name. Um, Crash Simpson and his daughter, Roxanne, who's like the same age as Johnny Blaze, they grow up together and Johnny is riding a motorcycle, learning how to trick ride, and he gets into an accident and as his, oh, not as his mother, as his like surrogate mother, Crash Simpson's wife, goes running to him, the motorcycle explodes and kills her. And then we get this weird, like, he calls her mother for the first time on her deathbed and there's like a weird plot line there. Um... And she makes him vow to never ride in a show, or never ride in, like, one of these stunt shows. Right. right. So that, Having that's witnessed kind of everyone the... she's ever known die in a motorcycle. <laughs> right. She well, decides Cra- maybe Crash they're Simpson dangerous. is still alive, but uh, for a little bit. Yeah, so this, this is, like, the funny part is that he vows to never ride in a show. So Roxanne is like, you're a coward. You won't run. You won't jump over cars in a motorcycle. Like, right. you're a coward. Like a and coward. Then event- and eventually he tells her. That the reason he's not doing it is because he took a vow. And she's like, oh, I knew there had to be a reason. I love you. And then later, <laughs> he's like... <laughs> and then, like, two pages later, he refuses to ride in the show because he made the vow. And she's like, I knew you were a coward. Like, it, it. she goes back and forth and back in the course of, like, three pages. That's right. Um, what What's so good here? Oh, it's because she's mad at him because he won't take the place of her father, Crash Simpson. He's going to jump over, like, 22 cars in a stunt show. And this is the most wild, like, out-of-left-field turn any Marvel comic has ever done. Yes. With absolute no setup. Yes. Which is just, he's just like, I can't ride in the motorcycle show, but Crash Simpson's going to get killed if he does it. And it literally says, there was no one else you could turn to. No one except Satan. (laughs) It gets so satanic so fast. It's incredible. Why doesn't he turn to God? Like... (laughs) Right, sure. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, you could turn any number of. Well, also, you're in a you're in a universe with magic that is pretty prevalent as well. No, he's it, sure. This is the era of of Satanism, like being a very big plot line. Obviously, in a lot of these seventies kind of horror books, it's going to be a big thing too. But Johnny, so and there's nothing there's nothing about his character that indicates this might be something he was capable of doing, like this or occult. interested in or knew anything about. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the weirdest part of the turn. It, it here. almost makes it sound like, like I've never heard of God before. <laughs> and uh, I just picked up a book about Satan. And I'm like, Oh, I guess this is the guy you pray to. <laughs> yeah. And, and the other thing here is he crash Simpson had just told him in Roxanne that, uh, he Ugh. needs to, that he's got some incurable disease. So so Johnny goes to, oh, right, to right, Satan right. here to try to you know cure him. He makes a deal with the devil. The devil's like, I will absolutely cure him of the disease. No, 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 wink, no. It goes, wink, it goes wink. that he makes he makes Satan promise that Crash Simpson won't die in a motorcycle accident. That's that's where everything hinges on. Because that's the point is that oh no, but does he get sick right, after? I don't think that's right. No, no, you're right. It's the disease. He he can't die of the disease. And then Crash Simpson dies of the motorcycle accident. Right. And, and then Crash, Satan's immediately like, after Johnny makes yes, this pact, yes, is right. like, hey, I'm going to go jump the most cars I've ever done. And he dies yep. doing that, uh, which is not surprising. Johnny's mad at, at Satan. Satan's like, you signed the oh, paper, dude. He's not just mad. I love the way he talks. Like, 
it honestly is as if Johnny has never heard of Satan before, and he thinks he's just like a uh, a um like a loan shark. Yeah, you know, right. like he he does not show the proper amount of respect for just like summoning the demon the, that the, he summoned. Let's be yeah, clear. The Prince it's of not Hell, like Satan like, just showed up like in civilian clothes. Because once Crash Simpson shows up, or once Crash Simpson dies, Johnny Blaze yells at Satan, "You've got a lot of gall, devil." <laughs> Is a, a very flippant way to, to really shows it to darkness. Yeah. yeah, but it's it's a cautionary tale. You know, you mess with Satan, you get a curse. Um, it I also makes know, the man. danger I mean, kind it's... of enticing, though. I think, like, yeah, if that's, you're... that's what I'm thinking. Like, yeah, seems like a pretty good trade off. Well, and it's like it's a curse, but also you turn into this cool skull face guy with motorcycle. Like, it's making it seem yeah. cool, definitely. Yeah. Even though it's like, okay, clearly making I mean, deals I... with the devil is not. No, I I good finished reading this issue and I made the same deal. So, right here, look. I'll turn my skull on. You can't see it because it's a podcast. Oh, jeez! My, uh, my head. <laughs> Holy cow! <laughs> yeah. Holy moly! Yeah. Okay, that's right. Okay, well, Zach is now doing the podcast in full flame and leather chaps. I was not expecting this today. Yeah, I'll need your soul when we're done. Sorry. Oh, you gave him mine? Oh, yeah. Well, kind of. We made <laughs> another deal. Okay. Yeah. No, that that was just for a Nintendo Switch, though. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Thank um, you for, like, the, the most yes-anding me you've ever done. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, uh, no yeah this, I, I don't know. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. But, like, it, it makes me wish this got better, and it doesn't. It gets worse. But there's Ghost Rider. He's here now, too. Welcome, Johnny Blaze. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, that moves us into three Defenders issues. And Steve Englehart is, like, the big name here, right? But he mm-hmm. doesn't. he comes in a number three, I think. Right? No, he's right in the first one, too. Is he? Okay. I, mm-hmm. I wasn't sure. Um, I don't know. The first one didn't really do that much for me. It kind of seemed like a continuation of what we've seen before, um, where this this is all about the unnamed one, um, which is that weird, like, double-headed The creature. nameless ones. Yes. The nameless, the nameless one? What is the unnamed one? I got the nameless thing? one. Okay. One of us is right. I mean, if you're nameless, presumably you're also unnamed. I, I, I feel like those wrong. are two different proper nouns in the Marvel Universe, though, so... We're, one of us is probably right and one's wrong. I, you're probably right. Um, Usually am. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, uh, the It starts out with Hulk finding Namor just laying and, like, Hulk's just walking, I don't know, by a bridge. And he just happens across Namor's immobile body yeah. laying on the ground. And, uh, and he can't touch him. Like, there's this force field around Namor. And so Hulk goes to get that, what does he call him? He keeps calling him a magician. Which I think is very funny. Magic Man, the Magician, yeah. Yeah, I, I like that, the, the like really blasé way that Hulk talks about Doctor Strange. Yeah, your Fish Man, your Magician, Shiny yep. One for the Surfer, yep. yeah. Um, and the Hulk goes to get Doctor Strange, and Doctor Strange finds out that Namor is, you know, like there's this barrier around him that was put there by a guy named Necrodamus. <laughs> Necrodamus, Necrodamus. Uh, yeah, he's yeah. Necrod- uh, Necrodamus is is in league with the Nameless Ones, and basically after the you know Namor or no not Namor, um, after Strange and the Hulk get together, Necrodamus comes and gets Namor, and uh, and then they try to sacrifice Namor to the Nameless Ones, and that's basically where the action happens. Hulk and Doctor Strange fight to prevent this. They free Namor. They all fight, and then Namor gives them the big reveal that uh, it was the Silver Surfer who threw him to Earth. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, and this is all fine. I don't know. It doesn't do much for me. It's but capital the detail- F fine. Yeah, the detail that I really liked on this, though, was while Doctor Strange is, um, like, running through some spells to try to figure out what's wrong with Namor, why he's laying here immobile, Hulk is just in the background pounding on his 
his unconscious body just yeah. trying to, like, crack through the barrier. Yeah. I'd love to see, like, the barrier breaks and Hulk just accidentally puts his fist through him and looks kind of sheepish. So speaking of, of that exact thing, through these yeah. three issues, who's your favorite Defender? Um, I don't know. They're all, uh, I mean, I like... I kind of feel strange. like it's Hulk. Yeah, Hulk is pretty funny the way he bounces off everybody here because he's a little bit more like... He's got a little bit of that, um, like, Dave Batista Drax thing going on. Yeah. Like, he's a little bit, like... uh, He's a little more comic. Yeah, he's a little goofy. Like, there's a line in the number two that's very funny with with those monkeys. Like, he's a little bit, like, yeah, they kind of joke around with him, and he's less just straight angry. Or at least they play up his anger for for goofs a little more. Yeah, and I I like it a lot. Yeah, I do kind of... These issues I don't think are stellar. By any measure, um, issue number two is called The Search for the Silver Surfer. Spoiler alert, they find him pretty quickly. Um, he he immediately flip-flops on helping men. So, you yeah. know, if you remember, we talked about in Silver Surfer number 18, the last of his solo series, there's this amazing last page. It's like the coolest page of the whole series. Jack Kirby art. Where he's and the screaming surfers. that he will destroy Earth, like, straight into the camera. <laughs> exactly. And we open this issue, and he's basically like, no, nah, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I flew around and thought about it, and uh, counted, I'll help I Mannequin. counted to ten. Yeah, yeah. I, I visualized, you know, a pink triangle. Yeah, so he's calmed down. Um, he, But what's wild, though, is then Namor attacks him immediately because he thinks the surfer, you know, attacked him in the previous issue. And, and then the surfer flip-flops again and says, okay, fine. I'm done helping men. You guys are always mean to me. I'm out of here. But ultimately, they wind up working together. Uh, he, you know, he comes back. Basically, the the point. Oh, you, you're Silver skip- Surfer is very flighty. Skipping a little, a little bit here, which is during the. I mean, my favorite visual moment here mm-hmm. is that they go searching for the Silver Surfer and they find him in like some Himalayan mountain range, which yeah. is just like man is Marvel obsessed with like Tibet in the Himalayas. Um, but uh, Namor can fly, and mm-hmm. Doctor Strange can fly, but Hulk cannot. Oh, so what, what Doctor Strange does is he puts his his red cape on hulk's back and then he rides on the hulk's shoulders yeah and like man it is cute <laughs> the hulk with that little cape is adorable yeah it's really fun looking know. and then they get some tour guides to take them up into the mountains and in the night all these tour guides go missing and they find a bunch of them dead and i love namor just starts yelling like i'm getting so sick of losing battle after battle and like it's just like all the all of his tour guides are dead around him, and he's just like frustrated that you know yeah. he's being slowed down. Um, I think that's what a, I really like about this team is everyone yeah. except Doctor Strange is so flighty. They're so emotional. Yeah. They really are dis. They are so dysfunctional as a unit. It's just like it's just so much more inherently interesting how much of a mess yeah. they are all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like. I I can really see this like coming together into something really interesting if they can like get into a groove and they can really nail down these dynamics Mm -hmm. i think this can be interesting and also if they can find some better stakes because like a lot of this issue is them punching monkeys and like yeah there's a bunch so here's the thing there's a bunch of man apes in the himalayas that the silver server has befriended those are all part of a long con by kalazuma and his wizard warriors we are 16 pages into this 20 page comic Uh and all of a sudden all the monkeys zap and they're like Haha, it is I, Kalazuma, and my warrior wizards. Yeah. 80% of the way through this comic, and then it's just like, I'm a man with tiny little devil horns. I'm the threat. And it's just like, what is this? Who are you? There's a lot. I don't care. I would have rather you stayed monkeys. Though there is that line where Hulk is like, I knew it. I told you all these monkeys were evil. (laughs) I could sense it. (laughs) 
because he wanted to beat them up and they stopped him. Which yeah, yeah. That's very good, yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good twist. But uh, no, this, this is definitely the era of like, of just like nonsense mysticism. And yeah, like, yeah. like, you know, like there's so many wizards and and just weird sort of magic stuff going on. And it's fitting for Doctor Strange to a degree, but it's kind of boring because it's like Kalazuma's nobody. He's just <laughs> like, a, I, I zap. Yeah, it's I do, like, I do and a Nicodemus, zap. you know, the, these characters just don't matter. Um, Defenders yeah. uh, number three, we get oh, to. Oh, wait, wait, there's, there's, I'm sorry, there's one other thing, which is Namor was upset. This whole thing was hinged on the fact that, like, Namor's upset that the Silver Surfer was the one who initially captured him with Necrodamus or whatever. And he mentions, like, I was in the polar north, or the polar south, I can't remember, constructing my new home with my cousin, Namorita. Oh, yeah. Which... What? <laughs> Latin for tiny Namor girl. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. There's a cousin named Namorita. <laughs> yeah. God, I mean it is like it's in Namor's family, they they all it's like um it's like George Foreman's kids. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really hot here today, and I could like man, I could go for a Namorita right oh, with that with that sugar a Nice cold Namorita. I think a Namorita is just a it's a margarita, but they make it with salt water. With it's water. it's so yeah. salty. It is. Oh, you guys no, have oh. to try this. My God, the best detail of Namor being... I think, actually, it's in Defenders 3. You just but, add a, a little bit of salt, lime on top, and pour some more salt into your tequila, and you have a Namorita. You're still on this, huh? I was expecting <laughs> you to keep going, and I was just going to mumble Namorita. No, I'm, I'm moving background. on. I got a new point to bring up, which is in Defenders number 3, my, the best moment, the best Namor moment, period, maybe... They're, you know, they're up in the Himalayan mountains, they're about to take off, and Namor's like, hold! And then they devote half a page to Namor being like, just a second, everybody, and he throws himself into the snow, rolls around, and then you <laughs> see him, like, rubbing snow all over his body, and he's just like, yeah, I gotta get water any way I can, so, uh, just hold <laughs> sorry, just let this melt a little bit. And he's just, can you guys turn around? It's, it's just, he looks like just a dog in the snow, you know, yeah. like, oh my god, it's very cute. Um, yeah. You also do need to take a shot in Defenders number three. Every time Silver Surfer says the words Shalabal, you will be dead <laughs> but halfway through the issue. Guaranteed. Yeah, so the Silver Surfer kind of joins up with them, which again, like, kind of interesting, but also like the Silver Surfer is a little too close to the rest of them. Like, I I think they need... Uh, now, like, I, the, I like the, the Surfer the, on this unit. I don't, I don't know that they figured it out yet, but I do yeah. like him being around because he brings that... He brings that cosmic, like, I don't know, weight to the team yeah. in a way that yeah. they don't have. Because Hulk and sure. Namor are, are very Earthbound I don't know. I kind of think Strange brings that. I mean, it's magic, not cosmic or whatever. But, like, I feel like they need a, uh, you know, like a Hawkeye on the team. Well, that's a that's a coming. Or they could take Rick Jones. And, uh, I mean, he would just die. In Rick the Jones outing. on the Defenders so. actually sounds like a much better fit. Then you know, can I, can I talk? Can we sneak his way we, into the Avengers? I wanted to bring this up earlier. Okay, Zach just got out a podium, and yep. uh, um, I see he's got a sign here that's got Rick Jones and a big X through it in red. So, all right, I'm going to step back, and Zach. Well, while Zach's we were talking about this earlier, I was thinking I would read an entire issue of the Avengers. Remember, we we're talking about Rick Jones getting spanked. Um, that was your dream again, but Avengers. Let's wait. Wait until there are 23 Avengers on the team. And I would read through a whole issue where every page is a new Avenger, just nine panels of them spanking Rick Jones, just over their knee. <laughs> this like. sounds like a horrible comic. Nope. No. Um, but I've got good news for you. Can in... you commission comics from Marvel? Cause, uh, that's, you could uh, commission that's... that from anybody you like, yeah. No, I, I want this. You know what you should canon. do? 
is one idea I like a lot that I've heard is people go to comic cons and they do like a sketchbook, but you can do it like themed, you know? So you go to a bunch of artists you like. Have you gone to the George Perez con yet? No, I'm not. Okay, so you bring your sketchbook, you get in line for George Perez, and you say, hey, I'm starting a themed sketchbook. It's about Avengers spanking Rick Jones. And you get him to draw whatever Boy, Avenger he wants. Boy, do I have wants. a pitch for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, I think George is going to start with Scarlet Witch. That's just my prediction. I think that's what he's going to pick. And uh, he's going to do Scarlet Witch spanking Rick. And then you just go around to different artists. It's a great idea. I need to be crystal clear here. This is not a fetish. You can tell Except him that. He won't believe you, but you can tell no, him. No, no. I, I just need you to know. This is not. Oh, I don't believe you either. Listen, I just need to see this teen boy spanked. Okay. But it is not anything more than for my own pleasure, but not stop the saying kind stop. That you are thinking nope, nope. of. You're, you're not you, getting better. <laughs> all right. I, I think I've made my point. Um, also, $3,000 Patreon goal is to commission a full-length comic of this dream of mine. It's going to cost $3,000 no, no, $3, for a worthless spanking comic? Yeah. I'm, I mean, I want, like, you know, pencils, ink, lettering. Like, I want, like, big, dynamic word Here's... word bubbles for uh, for every hit. Yeah, sure. So here's what I'm wondering, or here's what I want, is um, we need a camera crew to capture you, again, on your homemade stilts that you will be wearing to this convention and and having oh, yeah. this interaction with George Perez. And I just, I can't wait until we get the audio of you loudly declaring, I'm not into teenagers being spanked, but <laughs> here's what I want. A and we'll put that up on the My Marvelous like... Year YouTube, I think. Marvel podcaster loses it at Comic-Con on stilts, admits fetish for teen boy spankings. Yes. <laughs> Do you know, um, oh yeah, just as a, an aside, um, our only Patreon goals right now, like long-term goals, $500, which we're pretty close to, start the ultimate con, ultimate podcast, mm-hmm. $5,000, me wearing stilts at a Comic-Con. <laughs> 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 like, a, that is, that is a, uh, you know, I, I have committed to that, it's on our Patreon page. I will dress up as Stillman. God, have you been actually? You've been absent, but um, the slack has been really rustling my jimmies lately. Oh yeah, it went from like a day where I was talking like trashing Stiltman, uh-huh. and everything was perfectly fine in the world, and people were behind me to like and someone made a joke blocking about those like, who dissented. But sure, did you did you, were you there when someone said that like the official deity of my marvelous year is Stiltman? Uh, that sounds familiar because it I saw that take off in some preposterously delicious directions. Yes. Everyone is doing it. And it just like, it, I have never, you, you know, like some people, I feel like artists talk about how like they put something out into the world and then their fan base like turns it into something like they lose control of their own art. And sure. It becomes something like yes. in the fans hands that they never intended. Mm-hmm. I've never really understood that until now where it's just like, I've never, <laughs> <laughs> never had something turn against me so quick. Yes. Uh, yeah. All right. Anyway, how the how did we get onto this? Um, I kind of like Defenders number three. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, I think, I think specifically because of the ending. So like it's it's kind of the epitome of what oh, I was what, saying about the dysfunction. Can you talk about that that hole that they fall through? Because that's a really fun moment. Uh, into the into another dimension. Yeah, where like Hulk blocks it with his body, and then they're like all piling up as Hulk is the plug. Yeah. His, like in the the the, the drain. Yeah, so this is the one where they actually, okay, we've got Doctor Strange on team. We're actually going to go into a mystic dimension, right? Yep. And, uh, and they, they do a little Steve Ditko channeling here. Yeah, for sure. Like, it's Selby Shema by way of, you know, inspiration of Steve Ditko. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't really remember what happens in the dimension. I know they're trying to rescue a captured girl. All I wrote was woof. 
So that doesn't tell <laughs> okay, me a lot. So, so there's a Doctor Strange. There's like a woman who sacrificed herself to help Doctor Strange a while yeah. ago yeah. from the name, the unnamed one, and or the nameless one. And uh, you're right. I looked it up. Uh, and she's like captured here, and they free her, and then a woman that every one of the defenders is interested in. So like Shalabal, that woman. Oh uh, yeah. Um, the whatever the Hulk's tiny Jarella Adam girlfriend. Yep, Jarella. And then Dorma, who has died in the Submariner comic, mm-hmm. are all there. And that's what cues Namor to say, like, this is an illusion, this isn't real, because Dorma's dead. She couldn't be here. Yeah. And that's the point in which the the uh, the nameless one comes out, who again, I like that design, like the double head thing. Yeah, he's a cool spiritual but, but this wild time, strange he's got villain. Just a a white blonde lady's head tacked onto like their shoulder blade. Oh yeah. And it's so funny. I mean, I actually think it's kind... It's like, it straddles that line between being goofy and genuinely creepy for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it really brought up this thing where, like, she yells something and one of the other heads is like, quiet, your needs are unnecessary here. Yeah. And that just made me think of, like, what the difference between these two heads are. You know, like, that. there's a, the on the nameless one, there's, like, one dominant head and then one kind of just, like, vestigial head. Yeah. So, but, you know, the main face just says, like... Finally, you come to our lair, and we will destroy you. And then you just hear, "Yeah, destroy you!" (laughs) (laughs) Just like one very obnoxious, like uh, you know, syncophant, just slapped onto this demon's head. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So this is weird thing where there's just an extra head attached, and uh, yeah, it's fun. It's good. It's weird. Well, and like, and they so basically they like totally lose. I mean, they don't. It's not a success. I mean, they escape but like they all lose and it ends with silver surfer flying off still trapped on earth pretty miserable dr strange feels like a failure and the girl that they quote-unquote rescued is literally screaming in madness oh like, yeah she has she, lost like, her mind and is screaming she fused i mean they called it mating which is pretty horrifying mm. but like she fused with this you know yeah unknown demonic other dimensional creature yeah yeah and I kind of like yeah, that. It's pretty... Like, it's bizarre, and it feels different than, you know, hey, we rest, we save the day, or whatever. It's definitely better than the Avengers, and yeah, and I hope, I yeah, I, I have, I don't know, I have hopes that it will get more interesting and get kind of just like, it just needs a little bit more smoothing out. You know? Yeah. So let's let's move in and wrap this up. We got Amazing yeah. Spider-Man 113 to 115, and this is a big old gang war, Dr. Octopus v. The Origin of Hammerhead and his mafiosos, and most importantly, we get some great Aunt May. You're shaking your head here. I take it you didn't love the gang war. I think, I gotta say, Spider-Man, Spider-Man's been knocked off the uh, throne for me. It's off the pedestal. Who's on the pedestal? Luke Cage? I mean, personally, like, I, you know, out of what I'm reading for fun, sure, but like, I don't know if this is bad, but... Who's our 1972 goat? Um... Too much... Nah, I don't know. Much? We read a lot of weird stuff this year. You know, we weren't reading like a lot I'm of. I'm guessing the, Avengers uh, won when I yeah. I mean, the club. We, we read Avengers. Fantastic Four was. I mean, I thought Fantastic Four was better this year with that Galactus thing. Yeah, it's not the goat though. Yeah, I mean, Avengers was. Except I hated the like Kree Skrull stuff, and I liked the second part. So like, well, that's the. I bet this um, is an Avengers year for sure. If you're yeah, thinking about historical yeah, weight, sure. I just think okay. So let's get into why this doesn't work for me. One. We have seen this story many times, and I just, like, couldn't care anymore. Just, like, Spider-Man is stressed. 
there are gangs fighting. He's in the middle of it. Aunt May is causing him some problems, and he's stressed about that. And it's just yeah. like, it brought nothing new to it. And also, the writing is not as sharp anymore. It's not as funny. The art, I think, is a serious downgrade. Yeah. The um, the art here, because it's still um, still John Romita. Still Johnny. But it says that he has assistance from two different people here. And it's just like, this is clearly not the John Romita of, like whenever he took over for Ditko. And well, or if it is, it's six years later and it hasn't progressed. No, it's a downgrade because like this looks like golden age drawings to me. Yeah. Like, the the quality of the drawings look rough to me. Mm-hmm. And the thing is like the actual, um, it's literally just like the detail of the art. It looks hurried to me. Yeah. Because the, uh, the style looks modern, you know, like they still have better layouts and better flow. That works okay. Mm-hmm. But the art itself is just kind of ugly to look at, I think. This like, is how I felt about Luke Cage number one. You know what? I, I, I feel like there's a real that. production thing here where I was maybe thinking, Marvel's rushing out too much. Yeah, that, that might be the case. Because I, I, you know, I agree with you that this and Luke Cage have a similar aesthetic going on. But it works for Luke Cage for me because that's supposed to be kind of like a much, I don't know, it's like street level crime. Yeah. Like that worked okay. Spider-Man, that doesn't. I'm not interested in that. And like, yeah, I didn't care about a gang war. I was just like, I don't care that Dr. Octopus is fighting another gang. Right. Hammerhead. I mean, Hammerhead was okay, but he's just a mobster. Like, we already have Kingpin. Why I mean, Hammerhead Kingpin has become a go-to supporting character, I think, in the Marvel Universe. No, I mean, I, I recognized him. I just, I don't know if I care about him. <laughs> no, I'm saying, like, when he's when he's a lead or a co-lead villain yeah. here, that doesn't necessarily work very well. I think that is inherently less interesting than, than him as kind of a, like, a side player. You know who I would have liked better than Hammerhead? Who I miss, honestly. Who do you miss? Uh, for you know, okay, go ahead. Do yours. No, no, I want to I hear you because maybe you have the same thought. From Spider-Man? Yeah. Specifically? Yeah. Uh, well, I miss the big man. Oh, uh, okay. No. <laughs> I don't even remember. Who the, was, is that Foswell? Is he dead? Uh, was Foswell the big man or was he crime master? <sighs> who knows? Okay. Uh, the Enforcers, you know? Like, the Enforcers, sure. Yeah, I miss them. Where are they at? They're kind of fun. Uh, I feel like they One should be bouncing around. Like, come on. I, I'm excited about the Ultimate Universe because they bring them back in in a fun yeah. way in Spider-Man. Yeah. I like them. Definitely. Joe Montana. Um, no, it's I think like basically, honestly, Doc Ock's on one side of a gang war v. Hammerhead. Spider-Man gets caught in the middle. The the, the things I like about these issues are I do kind of like Hammerhead and I kind of like his vibe of this, you know, Al Capone style. I do like that he so he gets uh, experimented on and gets this metal head, you know, so he's got a super hard head and he can't remember who he is after the surgery. He sees uh-huh. a movie poster of Al Capone and then takes on <laughs> he, just from the poster. He didn't even watch the movie. And he takes on all of the Al Capone uh, mannerisms <laughs> and gangster like, you know, image of him wandering on the street and like, where am I? Yeah. What what's happening? He looks at the poster and he's like, oh, now I know where I'm at. See, I am Al Capone. <laughs> see, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's bizarre. I, I, I also love M.A in this issue so doc ock you like has those yet beats, again I, I feel like we've seen those beats and for whatever reason they just didn't work for me as well here. oh we've like, seen them exactly like this in um yeah in amazing spider-man annual number one you could go back to all right, right? quick quoting sinister six isn't that the one yeah. where doc ock captures aunt may and betty Brant? Yes. yeah 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 and uh yes. you know and doc and aunt may has had a history ever since then of thinking he's this nice sweet man not octavius I, she somehow doesn't realize he's a criminal who's been imprisoned on national like that. News. that is that is pretty funny yeah, like it's that gag works for me pretty well. What's crazy about this issue is Aunt May beats up Spider Man. She like brains twice. him with a vase, and it's like the most 
serious injury he's ever had. Yeah. Like, there, there's four panels of him going down, and he's like, Ugh, my spider sense didn't work. I could have at least rolled with the punch, but instead I took it straight to the brain. <laughs> Here I go. Like, you know, like... They, well, and I do like the really explanation underlined. for Aunt May is that because she's so familiar and he trusts her, his spider yeah. sense wouldn't work with her. Right, exactly, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that that is pretty funny. And then, you know... The, the cover of 115 is incredible. Anime. Oh, it's the best. Assassin? <laughs> and she's pointing a gun at Peter. And then that scene actually plays out in the and issue. And she just blows his brains out. And that's the end of the series. She shoots like, Spidey. And then that's a side series of Aunt May grappling with the guilt of killing her own nephew. Of Aunt May colon dark. assassin. Oh, my and God. And the colon is yeah. written out because she's got a, you know, she's got some health issues. Um, oh, my God. So, yeah. Okay. Aunt May takes disgusting. a shot at Spidey. <laughs> <laughs> he makes it out alive. Uh, yeah, I don't know. They're not my favorite. It's the origin of Hammerhead. And I think kind of to your point, like, Spider-Man's not what it was. We got some big stuff coming. I mean, Stan um, Lee is not Stan Lee's not writing anymore. Yes. Yeah. It's uh, Ramita and Thomas, right? Uh, isn't this one Jerry Conway? Conway, yeah. No, you're right. It's Conway and yeah. John Ramita. Yeah. Also, is yeah. Gangwar Schmangwar the best <laughs> yeah. or the worst title? I mean, that, a, that, was, that was pretty funny. The, yeah. That, like, on that page, yeah. Um. Yeah, Roy Roy Thomas. I I think I kind of owe him a little bit of an apology. I got to uh, for what specifically? Just you know, like okay, I gotta write. I'm gonna write him a letter. Like just be like, dear Roy. Well, first you're gonna have around. to track down that letter, that expletive laced letter that you wrote him initially. Yeah, dear Roy, please disregard the first letter. Since writing it, I have come to appreciate your work, and I am sorry for the following: one, calling you a hack. Two, calling you an idealist, garbage writer. Three, please see, re- please see letter number one, points one through 74. <laughs> <laughs> calling you a piece of who is not worth my Four, wish I hadn't said you were so ugly after MMY Club pointed out we look very similar. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, that did happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go hand deliver that at the next Comic-Con. He's okay, at. so Zach's going to be working on that letter. In the meantime, we're going to get started on 1973 Comics. Again, if you got questions for 72 Comics, send them into mymarvelousyear at gmail.com. We also are going to have up on the Patreon our poll for 1972. It's going to be something to the effect of yeah, what let's, like we can just 70s say. tropes are you excited to see <laughs> this let's, decade? Let's cut to Zach. Editing Zach in the future, cutting in the poll because Dave and I didn't write it down and we don't know it off the top of our heads. <laughs> you can go to my Marvel. You can go to patreon.com yeah, that, slash my Marvel. You'll yeah. see the poll. Yeah, you heard it in the last episode. Just just go check it on the uh, the Patreon. You have until uh, so today should be the August fifth. Uh, you'll have until about tomorrow, August sixth, to either get us feedback for the nineteen seventy two variant cover or vote in the poll. Absolutely, you can rate and review on iTunes. That's always greatly appreciated. Um, and what other bit of housekeeping? You find all the reading lists at either mymarvelousyear.com. You can find them in the show notes of all podcasts. You can find them at our Patreon. You can also find them via the Comic Book Herald email newsletter. Music for My Marvelous Year is by Disasterpiece. Check out Disasterpiece's music wherever you like to listen. And I think that just about does it. Did I miss anything? Nope. I think that's it. Okay. Do you have anything you want to say to everybody? Um, I love you all. Thank you for listening. Zach loves you, and we will see you next year. I love that you make a point of Zach loves you. Now it's starting to become a little obvious that uh, this is a one-way or a 
one not one way relationship. I mean, it is one way. I love them. They feel ambivalent towards me. I've never heard anyone but else say it back. So I th- have to that say. That is true. I, I mean, honestly, I don't want that. Please do not tell me that. I say it to you. Do not say it to me. Yeah, I, I've heard you've told me that that has been a difficult stance to take in your relationships. <laughs> God. Listen, baby, I got something to tell you. I love you. Don't say it back, though. I Don't swear, if you repeat that to me. <laughs> Anywho, see you next year. See you next year.